Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Stories, brought to you by Kiosk M1C. Kiosk M1C is the voice of Lower Stable Street and has curated all shops, events, and exhibitions on Lower Stable Street since Coldrop Shard first opened back in 2018. Their mission has been to support new businesses and provide an environment in which they can thrive and grow. I'm Maria Hanlon, and in each episode, I'll be finding out the real stories of how these businesses have developed and how the community has helped shape their journey. In episode 15, I chat to Marcus Brown, the founder of Picnic Magazine, a London-based food and lifestyle magazine. Marcus and I chat about his photography style as he takes the photos for the magazine, some of the collabs he's worked on recently, including with Wagamamas and Kiosk M1C, and what goes on behind the scenes. Marcus kindly gifted me a copy of the latest issue, which we chat about, but if you want to get your hands on one, go to picnicgiftshop.com, although warning, it might make you a little bit hungry. Let's do it. Episode 15 with Marcus from Picnic Magazine. Okay, so Marcus, could you introduce yourself and tell me your role at Picnic Magazine? So I'm the founder of Picnic Magazine. Okay, so for people who don't know, what is Picnic Magazine? Uh, Picnic is a food and lifestyle culture magazine. So it documents food culture in London and around the world, I guess. Perfect. And then can we get a bit in depth? So start at the very beginning. So how did the magazine first begin and what was your journey to get there? So like I said, I started, uh, I studied journalism for three years at LCC uh, in London. And then after that, I was kind of tired of being in London. I think I was like, oh, you know, it's so expensive. The people are a little fake. Everyone's like, oh, so what do you do? And uh, I hated that world at that time. Um, So I went home and got a job in a call center selling washing machine insurance. I think I very much just wanted to be like a taxpayer, you know? At that time, I was like, I want to be a national insurance number. Um, So I like worked for two years selling washing machine insurance over the phone, which was, as it sounds, pretty depressing, uh, but managed to like save some money um, and ran a blog at the same time called Bistro Boys, uh, where we interviewed chefs uh, in a series called Chewing the Fat. So we were talking to chefs like Willie's Pies um, and Mitchell from Ombra and a whole bunch of places like Top Cavey. And then it kind of got to the point where I didn't want to use like PR imagery anymore. I didn't want to take quotes from press releases. I wanted to do everything independently, shake the hands of people, actually get in the room with like every single person that we speak to and do it the hard way, essentially. Uh and so when, when we first started, my friend Oliver was taking all of the photographs. Um, he's like a good friend of mine, but he's like, he shot for Burberry and Balenciaga and like a lot of like crazy big names. And I was like, realistically, I can't continue asking him to do this for free forever. So I was like, can you show me the ropes? Can you give me the crash course in photography? Which I feel like it shouldn't be that easy to do that. But that's kind of the, that's kind of the story of like how... Um, how I like got into taking pictures, which is now like my main job, which was never really the plan. Wanted to be a writer. Um, but I think I'd always taken a lot of photos. Like I think there's probably like 60,000 photos in my iCloud on my phone. So I'd always taken photos of my phone and like took it a little bit, maybe too seriously. Uh, but I was intimidated to actually use like a real camera. But once you kind of get into it, you figure it out, right? Definitely. And do you think it's one of those things with photography where you keep on learning? Because I think with DJing, for me, for example, you can like learn the basics, but then, you know, I feel like I never stop learning. Every time I go out, I learn something new, whether that's a new button or like a new way to like, 
you know, deal with venues or people or read the crowd, how does that relate to photography? Do you feel like you're always evolving? Yeah, definitely. There's always like more you can learn. And like, you look back at the photos that you took, like not that long ago, and you're like, God, these are fucked. Like, what was I, what was I doing? Like, what was I thinking? Um, and like, if you aren't learning anything, or like, you definitely, everyone goes through periods and you kind of just like plateau a little bit. And you're like, you, I don't know, in my opinion, it's like you're dead if you've done that. You've got to keep like doing something and like finding new ways to do it. Um, just unfortunately, like it's really expensive to do that with photography because <laughs> yeah. it normally involves like buying a new piece of kit or like uh, experimenting yeah. with something new. And how do you keep it really interesting for yourself? How do you keep challenging yourself with photography? Or do you think it's more to do with the subjects? Uh, I think just like looking at things that other photographers do and like doing things that I'm like scared to do and that like intimidate me uh, and having a go and seeing how they come out and like I've done a lot of things where it doesn't work out but like you still I guess you learn something from doing that right um, but yeah the things that, you, that you're like scared to do or that you know you should be doing are usually the things that you should be doing Definitely. is what I realized yeah. um, and even if it doesn't work out you get something from it. 100%. And what advice would you say you wish you kind of knew when you were starting out? What advice do you give to someone who's just picking up a camera for the first time? I don't know. I think my framing was really bad. Like when I first, like, like I look at some of the, the earlier picnic covers and like the, the subject is so far away and I'm like, just zoom that in a little bit. Um, but do yeah. you think that was like a confidence thing because you didn't want to get too close or like be too intrusive? Definitely getting closer is important. Um yeah, yeah. I think if you can get close to your subjects, it, it always feels like way more intimate. Um, but I think like in photography, you should pick your, I don't want to call it, like your arena. So like kitchens is always the place where I where, like love to take photographs. And I've been on shoots before that are not in kitchens. And I'm like, what, looking at my camera, like, what am I doing? Yeah, like, <laughs> feel really out of place. Yeah, when, yeah. We, when we shot with Wagamamas, that was the first time I'd shot with models as opposed to just actual chefs. And I was just like thinking in my head, like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. Like, yeah, looking at the models, just like not knowing what I'm doing. And they're like, oh, could you get some photos in the kitchen? Went into the kitchen and like as soon as I'm in there and it's kind of hot and, and like you hear metal spoons clanging. I was like, oh, I remember what I'm doing now. Yeah, and then like I went back and shot with the models yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is easy. Was uh, that but, actually shot in a Wagamama's restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was barely even close. Like they just kind of sectioned off a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was shot in a Wagamama's restaurant. But I think... Yeah, just to pick your pick your place. Like people, maybe that's the basketball court, maybe that's uh, at football stadiums. But like, just choose somewhere and then just consistently keep going back to different versions of those places, and you'll notice like patterns. Like I'm obsessed with like the different clips that people put to tie up their hair in the restaurant at the minute. So there's people like put sharpies in their hair, biros, scrunchies, and just like kind of just want to like build like collections of like the same things that I see over and over again yeah that's so cool so let's talk a bit more about your photos because they've got quite a distinctive style we've got the magazine here so when did you start photography did you say or when two, did you two, two years, years ago. ago and how would you describe your images because they're quite distinctive is a good word for them I think I think like punchy I use flash in most of my photography um and essentially I want to show like the realness of kitchens because it's like it's hard physical labor um so like sometimes I'll be on shoots and people are trying to clean up and I'm like, don't, don't clean up because like, exactly this, is, is. this is how it should be. Like, I, I kind of want to show like how it actually is. And what have been some of your favorite collaborations so far? Is there sort of a, a central one that you loved or you really enjoyed working on particularly? In terms of collaboration or like a... Uh, it could be either. 
You tell me. I think the best feature I've shot was one that I shot recently at Lahore Kebab House in Whitechapel, uh, which is a Pakistani restaurant that's been there since 1972. Uh, and I think it just felt special because it was like I wasn't really supposed to be there. Um, and it felt, I don't think anyone's really like photographed in there before. Um, and I actually got those images printed and framed and then took them into the restaurant and, and showed the chefs and stuff. What was the reaction um, like? Yeah, they were excited. Yeah. I think um, I think they were like, you know, what's this white boy with a camera doing in the kitchen at first? Yeah. Uh, but then they're like, oh, okay, sick. Like, it's actually quite it's, cool. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, I guess you don't really get to go to those spaces normally or like behind the scenes in the exactly. kitchen. So it must be nice. You must have seen some really cool stuff. Yeah, I, I, like as a kid, I was always like fascinated by like what's happening in the back. Like when I was out to eat, I'd like you hear all the banging and the clanging yeah. and like people swearing and, and fire and stuff. I'm like, oh, what's going on in there? Like, yeah. And it's like it's nice to be able to just walk behind into the kitchen. Definitely behind the scenes. Do you cook yourself? I do. Yeah. I'm, Has this inspired you a lot? Do you feel like you're quite the chef now? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm no chef, but a home cook. A home yeah. Cook. Nice. And then another collaboration I wanted to talk about was your collaboration with Kiosk M1C and your wet floor caps. So how did that collaboration come about? Uh, so speaking to Kit and he told me that you had some Ebbets Field flannels caps lying around, which are like really nice baseball caps made in America. Um, and I just figured it would be cool to like work on a collaboration with Kiosk. Uh, and again, I didn't want to go the direct route of putting like a slice of pizza or a knife and fork on it. I was like, let's do a wet floor sign. Like, Why the wet floor sign though? It's just something you see in kitchens and it's like a strong bit of imagery of like the yellow sign with the guy slipping up. Uh, and I thought it looked cool in the hat. Definitely. And another collaboration you've done with Kiosk and also Lower Stable Street was the Summer Market. So how did that go? That looks so fun. That was amazing. I'll be honest, I was like, during the time that we did that market, I was like really tired and like I'd been working a lot and I was like, it was my birthday that weekend and I kind of saw it as like, oh, I got the summer market. I just got to get through it. Like it's a job almost. Uh, but actually after doing it, it was like, turned out to be like a really wholesome experience. And like, I think the way that I selected which traders would be there was obviously, yeah, they make amazing, great food, but it was also that they're just nice, sound people. Um, and like everyone got on really well. Like we went out to dinner afterwards on That's the Saturday so and I was like, this was actually like, you know, it reminded me not to just be like ticking boxes and, and doing a to-do list. I was like, actually, this is really nice to Definitely. like, not just have it as printed pages, but see it in the physical. Yeah. Do you think you'll do another market soon? I would like to. Nice. Yeah. Maybe sure. a winter one. Yeah, that could be winter cool. Coming, that'd be cool. And then just again, touching on the kiosk and, and sort of lower Sable Street connection. When did you first find out about Cold Drop Shard and how has your relationship with kiosk and lower Sable Street formed? So I used to work uh, at Album, which is a clothing store. And they, they had a concession rail in Wolf and Badger, uh, which is in Coldrop's yard when when Coldrop's like pretty much first opened. Uh, and I used to go there, and well, actually, there was no one for, from Album there. It would just be me that was sent, and then kind of the, the staff at Wolf and Badger didn't really have any authority over us. So it was a very it's a very lazy time. We used to go and watch films on the green, really uh, on shift. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> but uh, that, that, out, yeah. that was that was kind of how I first came to know um, that was Stable Street but then obviously I've seen people like Cold Source do stuff here um, there's like Universal Works and Kitchen Provisions and like a lot of cool shops yeah it's very creative down here isn't it so what do you think makes your magazine stand out because obviously there's a lot of like online publications and cool magazines but what what is like your USP would you say 
I think it's just the focus on like people and human interest. Um, and like I say, I'd much rather take a picture of uh, like some kind of light for killing mosquitoes or a bell with some blue roll next to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's or, like the some thing. Di- yeah. some dirty Birkenstocks with trousers tucked in socks and like capturing more like the energy of a kitchen rather than the finished product. Yeah. Um, so it's not always like the fancy kind of food at the end of it. It's more yeah. the process. We ran a feature in the in the third issue, which was a Hollywood special um, called "It All Starts with the Rice," and it's uh, so it's a restaurant called Badmash in LA, and like Indian culture and food isn't as big in LA as it is in London. So when they first opened, a lot of diners didn't want to pay for rice, um, which is like why because you pay for French fries, you pay for like every other type of carb and pasta, so. This picture, which obviously you can't see if you're listening to a podcast, is like him stirring the rice with a with a big Rolex on his wrist. Yeah. And it's kind of just like, fuck you, you know? Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's rice money. Yeah, I think it does come back to your photos, like you said, and the connection with people. We'll put a link a link to the magazine, maybe in the podcast, people can... Um, where can they get it? Online? Uh, yeah, on the, it? There's a, our website is picnicgiftshop.com, uh, but we're stocked like uh, in the Tate Modern, uh, a whole bunch of shops. But if you Google it, it'll probably Great. come up. Okay, cool. We'll leave the link in the podcast. Okay, so what does a typical day look like for you? Maybe each day is different, but what sort of work goes on behind the scenes to make Picnic Magazine? Uh, well, every day is pretty different, but like I do a lot of shoots for restaurants. Um, I mean, how I make money is really as a freelance photographer. I do make a little money through Picnic, but really um, that's because kind of like I make the magazine to perpetuate everything else. Uh, so it depends. I might be shooting with a restaurant or a brand. Could be doing edits. Could be a whole different bunch of things, really. So each week is very different. I would say, yeah. That's really fun, I think, as a freelancer as well, isn't it? It keeps it like interesting and it keeps you meeting new people all the time. So what would you say is a rewarding part of your job? I think, yeah, meeting people and like having like positive human connections with people. And it's funny, like the photographs are always better when you've had a good vibe with the person like it's if you if you've gone somewhere and it's been a bit awkward and a bit a bit um a bit clumsy like you can see that in the photographs but if you've gone and it's been like really positive energy and you really got on with each other um it always comes out well yeah so it seems like the people like the personal connection is at the kind of center of everything you do and then what is a challenging part of the job how many people actually work behind the scenes on picnic is it hard to manage people or is it mostly you it's pretty much just me, but I started commissioning writers. Um, but everything else from like in design to the photography and, and all of that is is by myself. I think that that is kind of the hardest part is that when there's like a, a weird little like admin task that you don't want to do, you find yourself sitting there waiting for someone else to do it, but there isn't someone else to do it. Yeah. Um, so you're just like, oh, actually, I've got to do this. This is really annoying. Uh, yeah. I've got to buy a domain name for the email address. Yeah. And it's, it's all like, the, oh, like small like, boring things yeah, that go yeah, into yeah, making yeah. a business, isn't it? And then what is, like, reflecting back, what has been a biggest lesson for you? What have you learned along the way? I think that you only get things when you don't want them anymore. Okay. Uh, <laughs> whether that's, like, a specific shoot, a specific feature, uh, a relationship, anything. It's like you, it only really happens when you don't care about it anymore, which is quite annoying. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah, for sure. And then what are, like, your future plans for Picnic? Do you have an end goal or is it just to keep doing what you're doing and... To be able to continue, yeah. yeah. Um, so 
the fourth issue that's coming out is titled Back to London and is like a celebration of London's food culture. So it's got like, we've got Margot Henderson, uh, Mountain, Kiln, Lahore, Eddie Wong. Um, the fifth issue is going to be shot on iPhone exclusively. Okay. Uh, the reason for that is because I think kind of when you walk into a kitchen with like a big expensive camera swinging around your neck you kind of look like you're supposed to be there and I kind of want to remove that feeling and, and look like an idiot again um, and see if people will still like like the photographs um, and if it can be like respected as a, as a photographic. Do you think that'll be a challenge for you as a photographer to go back to like iPhone after having your nice camera and like gloss yeah, images? Yeah for sure for sure um, it's definitely a challenge it's like it's it's you have to take a flawless photo for it to actually be good whereas like shooting on film is pretty forgiving like yeah. you, you can mess up quite a bit and you can still find a way to like reframe it and edit it so it looks cool yeah and so is this issue four that i've got in my hand this is three three so what were the issues before then and how were they different to this one uh to be honest the the first two issues were shot in london uh and then there was so we did a feat the second issue was called mothers and their mothers too and I it saw was that online i think on yeah website, so we yeah. we like basically you know when you see someone's Instagram story and they're like at their grandma's house or at their mom's house and you're like, God, I was like, that looks good. I want to be there. And so I just figured out how to be there. Uh, <laughs> Basically, <laughs> And yeah. just like ran features on people's moms and like their grandmas. And like, so we shot uh, my friend's uh, nonna from Italy and she like did this amazing spread. And like, obviously with Italian food, you have like primi and secondi. Yeah. Um, and like I had the pasta and I was like, oh, it's so good. I'm so full. Thank you. And then there was like all this big plate of fish came out and I was like, wow, um, was not ready for that. You must have eaten some really good food in your time from doing this. Yeah. I is get, there I like a particular so. meal or like interaction? Maybe not even the food necessarily, but is there anything that stands out like a bit of a quirky story? I can't think of anything particularly too crazy, uh, but just like being with like being with friends at a meal, uh, like some of my favorite restaurants, they're not my favorite restaurants because they have the best food uh it'll be because like something about the service is funny or like you feel good when you're in the restaurant yeah. uh like i don't know if you've been to chow bella on lamb's conduit no, street it sounds like a horrible chain but it's it's not it's like it a first, actually, yeah, yeah it's, it's like a family-owned italian restaurant and like all of the staff there seem to have their own sort of like unique and weird personalities like there's a whole good cop bad cop situation going okay. on there's a woman that rolls all of her r's uh, so you go ricotta um, but yeah some stuff like that I, I think is definitely uh, sometimes better than the food yeah for sure it's like the experience yeah. isn't it the whole thing and then a question that we ask all the guests is what is the one book or film exhibition or it could be a cookbook in your case or like mm. maybe a restaurant that someone wanting to get into either creating their own magazine or the food industry or photography should consume do you reckon I think it's good. So this is kind of a cop-out answer, but I'm not going to give a specific exhibition or restaurant or film or book, but to just go see things that are completely unrelated to the practice or the, the world that you're in. Um, I feel like you should never focus on the thing itself in whatever you're doing. It's like, especially with photography, like if you're, if you're photographing runners, you should be photographing like shoelaces tied together and like, just the, th the salt on people's faces and I like the, the things that is not the thing itself because right. I think the thing itself is normally quite boring so you can take things from like fashion photography and apply it to food photography and, and like vice versa yeah. so like basically just don't 
purely consume the things within the world that you exist in like look to other places because then you will end up creating something that like no one else is doing yeah okay that's a good answer I'll give you that (laughs) and then another question is where is the one place in King's Cross that everyone should check out and why What's like your number one recommendation? In Cold Drops Yard. In Cold Drops Yard, yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of Universal Works because like a lot of my friends back home work there and it's a Nottingham brand. Um, and I think they make good good trousers, good clothes. And kitchen provisions is pretty good. You go get your knife sharp in there. Yeah, uh, ties in nicely with yeah. your, you know, concept. Exactly. Uh, maybe Outsider Store is cool. Uh, but yeah. Quite a few things. Yeah. And then this is a bonus question. What is your favourite restaurant and why in London? Maybe, so I've mentioned them both already, but maybe Lahore Kebab House. Okay. Um, Just because it's like, it's bring your own booze. It's very affordable. You can like, I like restaurants where you can go like on your birthday or with a big group of friends and it's not like, uh, it's not going to be an argument or there's not going to be like a, a, a like a division over like splitting the bill or something. It's just something where everyone feels like they can be there. Yeah, and comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think it's always the move to go like fine dining on, on like a big event with lots of people, you know. I think like, yeah, to just to just be in places which are comfortable and like you can be loud and be yourself. Yeah, that sounds fun. And then just to finish off, where can people find you online? So what's your website, social media? And also how can people get in touch if they want to get involved? Uh, So the Instagram is picnic.mag, picnicmag. Uh, My Instagram, Marcus Patrick Brown. And then our website is picnicgiftshop.com. Amazing. We'll make sure to hit that up. Well, thank you so much, Marcus, for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.